Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. What I'm going to teach you today is a way to counter everything you hear. You know, we were talking in the back, Smith Wigglesworth, I thought, I, I was saying, I think he raised 33 from the dead, and Donnie said 46. Smith Wigglesworth, back in the day, raised 46 from the dead. And the one thing he wouldn't let, let anybody do is bombard him with negative news. But when you're in a doctor's office or you're looking at your bills or whatever, those are facts. But greater is he that is in you than anything you can come against. And you enter into that with praise and thanksgiving. I I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to, uh, I wasn't even planning on saying this. Church starts at 10 o'clock. A lot of people have a habit of getting here when I begin to preach or getting here at 10 and dropping the kids off. You're missing the warm-up. You're missing... I want to encourage you guys to everything you do. Understand you are leading God's people into a presence that would make the difference between a divorce and saving their marriage. It would make the difference between them being healed and not being healed. Because when they come in, they need to look at our faces. And when they see our faces, believe that we're serving Almighty God. And the person next to you, the same thing. I believe this next year is going to be phenomenal. But can I tell you, it's not going to be phenomenal for everybody. It's only going to be phenomenal for those that have eyes to see and ears to hear. And it begins with giving him praise and worship. Would you clap your hands and praise him one more time? Amen. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. Now, um, next week, we're going to get back into... We're going to get back into studying the seven churches of Revelation because it's so important in where we're at today. Bible prophecy is screaming at us from all over the world. But I really felt like God led me, and I was going to do this last week, and then everything was crazy with the uh, COVID and with uh, the holidays. Let me see how good of a teacher I am. The avos or the avolt of something is what? It's the beginning. How you begin something determines everything that follows. Let me say it again. How you begin something, put on the whole armor of God. None of the armor works unless you have your loins, your reproduction, girded with truth. If you don't have the truth, then stats and the lies of this world will steal your faith. The Ten Commandments. How many believe we still ought to follow the Ten Commandments? What's the first commandment? God is God. If you got that, everything else follows. 
Right now, we are in the beginning on the Gentile calendar, if we would. We're in the beginning of a new year. And everything that's going to follow starts right now. And so God laid in my heart to teach something that is one of the most famous scriptures in all the Bible, but yet probably least understood of any scripture amongst Christians. And what you've got to understand, now listen to me very carefully, and I'm not going to teach a lot of the details of it. I'll do that in a class when we get closer to Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. But what you've got to understand is nothing that God gives us, nothing that Jesus did, he ever did because it was a ritual. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, I did not come to do away with the law, the Torah, the Bible of God, but I came to show you how to live it. Now, here's a thought. If Jesus felt the need to do this, if the Son of God felt the need to do this, maybe there's a revelation in what I'm going to share today that we need to receive because if Jesus did it, maybe we need to do it. Amen? Amen. Now, this is the birthing today. And whether you're here or you're watching around the world by stream, This is the birthing of the rest of the year. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 3, verse 1. And I'm going to take a little time to read the scripture. Matthew chapter 3, verse 1. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, not West Bank, Judea, and saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord and make his path straight. Now, I want you to stop right there, and I want you to listen to what John just said. He said, Get your hearts right, because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, obviously, he is not talking about the rapture, because the rapture hasn't taken place yet. He's talking about the power of the Messiah is about to manifest. Listen to what I'm saying. The power of the Messiah is about to manifest itself. Get ready. And yet we know the latter rain is going to be greater than the farmer. And I believe this is exactly what God is saying to us. I I say, Pastor, do you really believe we're close to the coming of the Lord? I believe we're closer than we realize. So I believe God is saying the same thing in our time waiting for the second coming that he said to John in the first coming. Get ready. God is about to manifest himself in an amazing way that will not only change the world, it will change our lives. And John himself was clothed in camel hair and with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region around Jordan went out with him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, brood of vipers, 
Who, there goes visitor friendly right out the window, right? <laughs> Brood of vipers, who has warned you to flee the wrath that is to come? Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance, and do not think to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Boy, if we've ever need the Holy Spirit and fire in the church, we need it right now. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Now, I really believe that that is happening right now. I don't believe this is something that's going to happen. I believe it's happening right now. I believe that in the church world, there's a line being drawn in the sand, starting with pastors, that will you believe and teach the Bible, or will you go the secular way and give up the word of God. I believe that's the winnowing that the Lord has taken place. The Bible says in the last days, there'll be a great falling away. We were talking in the back, and uh, the survey was done amongst, I think, 3,000 churches. Pastor Scott has the statistics. And only only 3% of the 3,000 pastors interviewed believes the Bible. David Barton did the statistics on that. 97% of the pastors interviewed does not believe the Bible is the word of God. So if you don't believe the Bible's the word of God, they're not teaching it. Now I want you to get this picture when I say that. Here we have the beginning of the church. And over 2,000 years, let's say the church is teaching the word of God. Over 2,000 years... We've got further and further and further away from what the word of God says. But in the last days, the eyes of the Gentiles will be open and we will return back. The returning back is the releasing of the supernatural power of God that all the world will see the power of God in your lives and through your lives. Do you receive that? Do you see that? All right, let's read on. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his threshing floors and gather his wheat into the barn. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Then Jesus came, and let let me stop right there. When we're thinking of he's going to throw them in the fire, we're not thinking of a... We think of a a literal fire, you know, like maybe hell or something. No, he's talking about the fire that's in this world. If we stand firm on the word of God, we're building our house upon the rock. If we don't stand firm on the rock, we will be washed away. 
and miss everything God's getting ready to do. Do you, do you understand this? Okay. And John tried to prevent him saying, oh, excuse me. Then Jesus came. Here's, here's where the important part of the scripture begins. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him saying, I have need to be baptized by you. And are you coming to me? Now, let me stop right there. Why are we baptized? In the book of Acts, they said, what must we do? And we're going to end the message with this. He said, you must repent, be baptized for the remission of sin, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. Repent. Turn. Now, I'm not closing yet. I was just giving them false hope. <laughs> repent. Say repent. repent. Be baptized. For the remission of sin, and then you'll receive the power of God. Okay. So I, I was in my office yesterday, and I was studying, and I said, what does the church say the reason to be baptized is? And a lot of people said, well, it's an outward sign of an inward work. We've talked about all these things. And one guy just said, because the Bible says to do it. Well, that's closer to the truth than anything else because the Bible says to do it. But it's not a ritual that sets you free. It's the revelation. Say revelation. Revelation. It's understanding. It's the truth that you understand, the truth that you own. That truth will set you free. All right? Let's read on a little bit more. Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And then he allowed him. Then Jesus, when he had been baptized, came up immediately out of the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness. Was led. What just came on Jesus? The Holy Spirit. Then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness. Jesus commanded the disciples, don't leave until you receive the spirit. For he will lead you and guide you and teach you and show you all things to come. Right? Don't function one day without it. And yet we are leaky vessels that continue to need to be refilled. All right. Now, when we get to Rosh Hashanah on Yom Kippur, I'll teach this more in detail. But I want to give you something to start the new year. Jesus is in Galilee, and on this day, he comes to John. John is baptizing in the River Jordan. John sees him coming, and he says to everyone, Behold the Lamb of God. 
Jesus walks up to John and says, John, baptize me. John says, no, Lord, you ought to baptize me. And he said, John, baptize me. So John baptizes Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, the Messiah, dips him down into the water, comes up. And as he comes up, the spirit of God comes upon him. Now, let me ask you some, Let me ask you two questions. Number one, why did Jesus need to be baptized? Number two, was this the first time that Jesus had the Holy Spirit on him? No. Jesus is the Son of God. He was born with the Holy Spirit. But why did then Jesus need to be baptized? If you remember the story, and I'm going to say this very quickly because I want to have this a a time to minister at the end. If you remember the story of a man by the name of Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a Sadducee. He was a leader of the Jews. He was a uh, member of the Sanhedrin, very educated according to the word of God man. He comes to Jesus and he says, Lord, show us the key to the miracles that you do. Because he said, no man can do these miracles. Say miracles. That's what I'm talking about today. This is what we're talking about for this year. He said, no man could do these miracles if God be with him. Jesus looks at Nicodemus and he said, Nicodemus, you're a leader. You're an educated man. You know the Bible. You know this. And then he says these words, a man must be born again. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless you are born again, you can't understand the mysteries of God. Unless you are born again, you cannot function fully in the power of God. Now, because of this scripture... We as Christians use the term being born again to mean receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And let me say this, and and I'm teaching this slowly so that no one can misunderstand me. You must receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Everybody say amen. amen. But when Jesus, the rabbi, And Nicodemus, probably a rabbi, but at least a member of the Sanhedrin. These are two educated Jews that are talking about something that the church has not been taught for about 1,700 years. Nicodemus hears of the miracles, sees the miracles that Jesus was doing. Blind eyes are opening up. Gold coins are coming out of fish's mouth. People are being set free. The multitudes are following Jesus because they're seeing the miracles. Folks, if we're going to touch the world, we don't need another church in another corner. And we don't need another television program on another television network. We need signs, wonders, and miracles. When we, were, when we did the, uh, the uh, banquet 
uh, several months ago with uh, President Pence, uh, there was a Jewish gentleman there that uh, um, many people talked about, that his father, a very successful businessman, very, very successful, uh, survivor of the Holocaust, his father um, invited Trump to his house, and they sat by the fireplace, and Pence is out. And a lot of people that come to his house, and they have these talks by the fireplace there, but everybody was talking about it. They become prime ministers, they become presidents, they become vice presidents. And uh, afterwards, uh, he came up to me and he, he said, I, I, why is it that you have such fire? He, he gave me a great compliment. He said, there's not a rabbi in the world that has the fire that you have for God. We need that fire. And so we were talking about his family and things, and he sent me a book about his father and his grandfather and their mother surviving the Holocaust. Amazing book. Ab- absolutely. Excuse me. Amazing. But the title of the book is I Shall Live and Not Die. And he writes in the foreword. And, and I told Tiz, I said, we're going to put this in the foreword of our book. I Shall Live and Not Die, is, he says, is not me being arrogant that I'm going to defeat death. It's out of Psalms. And it says, I shall live and not die so that my testimony of the power and the glory of God can go through all the world. Right? And that's why Tiz and I are writing this book. It's like, it's like re- going through uh, the battle all over again, remembering the things. But one of the most important things we did to win this battle with Lion and Tiz is exactly what we're talking about today, and that's baptism. Why did Jesus get baptized. What did Jesus mean when he said to Nicodemus, you must be born again? Once again, we all must receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. But in, for two Jews to say this to each other is not what they were talking about. It's like, uh, and I've used this illustration before, but it's, you know, I'm from South St. Louis. If you were to say, a hundred years from now, that Pastor Larry lived in Dallas and we saw him all the time riding a thousand pound hog. Well, if you're from Arkansas, you're picturing me riding a pig, a thousand pound hog. This Jewish boy don't ride no pigs. But if you're from South St. Louis, what am I riding? A Harley Davidson, a hog. It's different terminology. And so to understand what Jewish Jesus and Jewish Nicodemus are saying, what is the key to the supernatural power of God? Jesus said, you must be born again. He did not mean you must receive me as your savior. We must receive Jesus as savior. But when they're talking Jesus hasn't died and resurrected yet. Are, are y'all okay? Because I don't want to throw anybody. I don't want to throw anybody. We must receive Jesus. And we will always use this because it's what people use. You must be born again, meaning you must receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, right? But to these Jew, two Jewish scholars that are meeting, that's not what it means to them. Nicodemus says... How can I be born again? Do I enter a second time into my mother's womb? 
Jesus says, Oi, Gewalt. In Hebrew, in Judaism, everything God does is in two different ways. One is the physical, and the second is the spiritual. When you ladies birth a child, your water breaks. And out comes a new life, a new beginning, right? The baptismal tank, which we call it in English, in Hebrew is called the mikvah. And the mikvah in Judaism is called the womb of the world. When Jesus came out of that water, it was a rebirth. Not because he's showing an outward sign of an inward work. Jesus is the unblemished lamb of God. He didn't have to show the death to the old life and the resurrection. It is a very, very, very spiritual thing. We are in this world, but we are not limited by this world. The reason why Jesus went into the water was to break the limitations of this world off of him. And he comes out, every time you come out of that water, you come out with a new beginning. So when Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again, he's saying, Nicodemus, Going into the mikvah or washing your hands is not a ritual. It is a revelation that you are breaking the limitations of this world and you're coming out brand new, unlimited by the power of God. And when he did this, the Holy Spirit came on him and immediately he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness and he defeated Satan in every attack Satan could come against him. Now, I could go into great detail in the teachings of what the scriptures say uh, about this. But this this is what it means in the traditional Bible of being born again. Why would Jesus need that? Because Jesus is about to start his ministry. Now, he's always been the son of God. But he's about to start his ministry that will announce him as the Messiah to the world forever and ever and ever. When you and I are in this world, we're hearing negative things. We're around negative people. We're, um, we're seeing negative things on television. We see and hear negative things at work. And those things begin to clog the spirit of our mind. Now, I'm not going to get into a lot of detail, but listen to this. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. One of the main things we're writing in the book is that in order to defeat Satan, you have to cast down imaginations. Now, that word imagination means reasoning and logic. So if the reasoning and logic is no child 
lion's age has ever survived this leukemia. The reason and logic is we can give you three months to live. You have to somehow supernaturally cast down those imaginations. Now, this is why the Bible says the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. But they are in what? In God. They are mighty. Every morning, I do this even now, but every morning for years, I would get up and wash my hands. Now, when Tiz and Lion were sick, as often as it could, I would literally go into our pool and baptize myself. You've all heard of the Dead Sea Scrolls. The Dead Sea Scrolls came out of a place in the desert down from Jerusalem called Qumran, where the Essenes lived. John the Baptist was one of the Essenes. When he heard of Jesus, he left Qumran and went and began to baptize, and that's where he met Jesus. And the Essenes would emerge themselves in water every day, every day, first thing, so that they could hear from God, that they could be led by God, and that their prayers would not be hindered by reasonings or logic. Listen to what it says. The baptismal waters, this is in ancient Jewish wisdom, or the mikvah in rabbinical literature was referred to as the womb of the world. The womb of the world. You must be born again. As a new convert came out of the waters, it was considered a new birth, separating him from the pagan world. You're in this world, but you're not of this world. And now you become a covenant through these waters, and your status was changed, and you are now referred to as a little child just born or a child of one day. I won't get into all the details, but in the Jerusalem Bible, it talks about the rebirth of a mikvah. That when you go into the waters, all the limitations, all the negative things, all the things you've heard and seen are left in that water, and you come out and you are born again with a new beginning. Unlimited. Say unlimited. Unlimited potential. Now, in the book of Acts, and I close with this, you guys can come out now. Come on out. Come out from that closet. In the book of Acts, they realized who Jesus was. And they said, what must we do? What did the apostles say? Repent, get baptized for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the Holy Spirit. I want to ask you to stand with me all over the building. Now, originally, I was going to anoint everyone. But with COVID and with everything that's, that's going around, um, everybody really felt like it wouldn't be the best thing to do. So I'm going to do this in proxy for you. And Sean, would you, Pastor Sean, would you come up with me? When I get up, the first thing I do when I get up in the morning, 
before my feet hit the ground, I say, Modeani. I say my blessing over Modeani. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for what you're going to do. I thank you for the blessings and the covering of our family and our church members and our partners around the world. And then when I get up, the next thing I do is I go to the sink and I take my cup and I wash my hands. This is symbolic of going into the mikvah. And by doing that, I am receiving the spirit of being born again. No matter what I heard yesterday, no matter what limitations I was around, no matter what negative people I was around, no matter what I saw on the news, I'm getting a renewing of the mind because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Now, people ask all the time, Pastor, you really think something happens? And, I, and I'm going to tell you, I do this first thing in the morning every day. I do this before I pray every day. I do this if I'm going in to study. I do this before I, before I study. There are many times that I know God's given me a message for Sunday, and, and I'm working on it, and, I, and it won't quite come through. And I go, oh, man, I... I didn't, very seldom does it happen. I didn't wash my hands. And I go and wash my hands, and all of a sudden my mind can hear the voice of God. Now I say, well, Pastor, do you really think it works? Well, let me ask you something. Do you really think it works when God says, lift up your hands? Let everything that has breath praise me? Do you think, does that work? God inhabits. If you're ever feeling down, just begin to praise him. Satan cannot live, the the God of darkness cannot live where you're welcoming in light. Darkness never pierces light. Light always pierces darkness. Right, Pastor Sean? Light always pierces darkness. Does it really work to lay hands on the sick? Does it really work to anoint some of those? Does it really work to plant a seed? Does it really work? Yes. And we know that because we've been taught. But in the last days, our eyes will be opened. The world is full of incredibly negative things. But you and I are in this world, but we're not of this world. Now, I wanna, I'm gonna, we're going to do this, and we're going to break the curse of limitation. That's why Jesus was baptized. Jesus is the Son of God. He didn't become the Son of God. He was the Son of God. He didn't become the Messiah. He was the Messiah. He didn't become the Chosen One. He was the Chosen One. But he'd been in the world. He'd been with family. During Christmas. In September. And so if Jesus, to go into the fullness of his ministry. You know, um, Pastor Sean's been there with us. Uh, many of you have been with us. They, they discovered... Uh, where the woman touched the hem of Jesus' garment, they discovered the original synagogue that Jews and Christians worshipped. They, they went to drill a hole and found it. We, we've had uh, them come and speak about it. Our mikvah out there, when they started digging, for years, for years we've been going to Israel, and everybody say, that's, that's where that happened, but it was just weeds. And this friend of ours decided that they're going to build a church there, or no, actually they're going to build a resort there. And they drilled and found the synagogue. They started uncovering. They found the mikvahs 
of living water. They would, they would, they would, uh, the water up in the hills would run down and it would fill the one mikvah and overflow and fill the next mikvah and overflow and fill the next mikvah. But during the dry season, they would have a bowl there. They found the bowl. This is where Jesus, this is the synagogue where Jesus did, right on the Sea of Galilee, Jesus did most of his teaching. And even the Jewish archaeologists say, without a doubt, this is the mikvah that Jesus used. Our baptism, our mikvah out there, when the waters filled, the very mikvah that Jesus used, they took water out of that forest, and Scotty and I brought it home. We birthed that mikvah with living water out of the very mikvah that Jesus used. Can I tell you a funny story? Some of you may know this. They, they, they fill, because of the dry season, they dry up. It, it comes down and it fills one. It's living water. It fills one, it flows into the next. Fills there. And so we were going to be there in a few months. They knew it would dry up. So they filled several bottles, water bottles, uh, for us, big water bottles. And uh, I think I had two and Scotty had two and I think Truett had two. So we could start our mikvah. Um, how many years ago was this? It's when Mark, Marvin and them paid for the mikvah. And, and so one morning, uh, so we had these, we're going around filming all of Israel. One morning, middle of the night, I woke up and I was real thirsty and I opened a bottle of water. And I drank it. And I'm laying in bed going, it was dark. I didn't turn the light on. I just felt for a bottle. And I go, do you think I, and I, sure enough, I drank water out of the mikvah. Of course, I floated for three days, but <laughs> Jesus himself, before he would minister, would do this every time. Before he'd pray, he'd do it every time. Why? Because we're in this world. And as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The world tries to limit your faith. I want us to live in unlimited faith that he is almighty God. So the first thing he said was repent. So let's bow our hearts before the Lord. As every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Is there anyone here that say, pastor, I need to give my life or rededicate my life to the Lord. I need to, beginning of this year, I need to get serious about serving the Lord and have him living in my heart. I want you to slip your hand up all over the building. And just hold it there a minute. I see that hand, 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 that hand. I see that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. Keep it up. That hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. I see that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. Amen. Give the Lord a great big clap offering. Now, let's pray. Amen. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Right, Pastor Sean? So we pray, right? First thing we do is repent. Aren't you glad God loves us? Close your eyes, lift your hands, and say this. Father, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I know I've sinned. We've all sinned. But I know this. You love me so much. You gave your son, Jesus Christ, to be my Lord and my Savior. Right now, I receive him. Now say this with authority. Satan, get out of my life. Get out of my home. 
Get out of my body. Get out of my mind, my spirit, my finances, and my future. I declare that Jesus Christ is my Lord and is my Savior. Now, if you mean that, give the Lord a clap offering. All right, now watch this. Watch this. And I don't want you to raise your hand, but how many of you sinned last year? And remember, lying is a sin. If you sinned last year, raise your hand. Oh. When you gave that guy that cut you off the one-way sign with the wrong finger, that was a sin. How many of you sinned last year? Whenever we sin, how many know his mercy is fresh every morning? Now, let me show you something here real quick. I was, I was going to try to quit right at, right at uh, 11 o'clock, but I blew it. Okay. Being forgiven and having the penalty of that sin broken are two different things. How many thieves died with Jesus? How many received him as their Lord and Savior? Did he come off the cross? No. He paid the price. He was forgiven. Jesus said, this day will you be with me in paradise. But he paid the price for his sin. So when they said, Lord, what must we do? And he said, repent. That's what we've just done. That's what his mercy is fresh every morning. Be baptized for the remission of sin. That literally means to break the penalty or the imprisonment or the bondage to that sin. So the thief on the cross said, Lord, remember you. He said, this day you'll be with me in paradise. But Jesus didn't take him off the cross. But when we're in this world and we've sinned or we're around negativity or whatever, and we, or we listen to gossip or whatever, there's a penalty that goes along with that. He's forgiven us. Father, forgive me. He's forgiven us. But then we baptize for the remission to break the penalty, to break the imprisonment, to break the repeating of that sin. It's supernatural. And when you do that, what came on Jesus? And he will lead you and guide you. And greater is he that you knew than anything comes against the world. Folks, this is the weapons of our warfare for these last days that is supernatural. So we've already repented, right? Now we're going to be baptized for the remission of sin. And I was going to do everybody, but we decided it wouldn't be safe. Pastor Sean, would you come? And I do this for myself every every morning. I do this if if I'm going to pray in the afternoon. I take a moment to do this. Why would you do it if you did it in the morning? Well, maybe I heard, maybe I was at... Uh, somewhere and I heard negative things or maybe I heard this or maybe I saw this or something and I'm breaking that I want to walk in his kingdom unless you do this you cannot see the kingdom you can't see the kingdom doesn't mean we're not going to heaven but when you're going through a battle you need to not see what Satan's doing you need to see the kingdom now if we're doing this ourselves stay there pastor if we're doing this ourselves you take the cup in your right hand, you fill it, and you put it in your left hand, and you do it three times. You know, they don't even know why three times. I think it's the same reason why we have three matzahs hidden on Passover. 
the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And then you do the left hand. You do the right hand. If you're right-handed first, you do the left hand if you're left-handed. But just do it. Every morning, just get up and take a moment. Say, God, I praise you for this day. Amen. So we say, Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech Aholam Hamutzi. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech Aholam Hamutzi Lekem So you would do it three times. And after you've done it three times, then you lift up holy hands without wrath and without doubt. Say this with me. Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech Aholam Ashir Kitsano Bomitzvotav Vitzivenu you know what you just said? Blessed art thou, Lord God, who is king of my universe, who has blessed us with the commandments and commands us concerning lifting up holy hands. Lifting up holy hands without wrath or without doubt. And then the Bible says, the Holy Spirit will come upon us. Lift up your hands. Father, right now we receive a refilling. We are leaky vessels. We receive a refilling of the Holy Spirit in every one of us in this room. Father, we release it across the airwaves to all of our stream family, our stream church, our stream partners around the world. And Father, we receive a refilling, a re-anointing, and a refreshing, and a new beginning because this year is going to be the best year of our lives so far. Listen to me right now. Look at me. Right now, God is, there is a, there is a couple. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. I don't want, and I believe it's people watching by stream also, but there is a couple right now that God is, right now you can feel him touching your hearts for your marriage. I, I, I come put my hand on you. you. Say, Pastor, we've been we've been fighting, we've been bickering, and God, no one looking around, and God is touching us, and I know our marriage is going to make it. Lift your hand up and receive that. Yep, I knew it. 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 Oh, more than more than one. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a clap offering. Every day, come stand with him, Pastor. Every day, I do this. You know, the Bible says that there's to be a renewing of your mind. Not only would I do this, but I'm going to just throw this out. When I'm really battling something, I take my prayer shawl and I cover my head and I shut the door. Because when the enemy sees you in the secret place, when God sees you in the secret place where the enemy cannot go in, he rewards you openly. Folks, these are supernatural weapons. Do they work? Tiz is watching right now. Love you, baby. One more month, we're done. Lions, healthy, happy, amazing. But let me give you this. I'm going to have Pastor Sean pray. Let me give you this. What Satan's meant for evil, God's going to use it for good. How many of you have battled some things this last year? And you need a breakthrough financial, family, health, whatever it is, this is a new beginning. That's what happens when you come out. This is a new beginning. And I declare your best 
is yet to come. Amen. Would you pray for a blessing of the Holy Spirit and a blessing of anointing pastor on everyone here and and our stream audience that's with us around the world. We love you guys. We send that blessing on you. Go ahead, Pastor. Lift your hands. Father, we thank you that you are God of victory and that there is nothing that the devil has done to your people that, God, you can't do something about. Father, we thank you that this is a year of breakthrough, a year of breakout, a year of double harvest, a year, God, of seeing us possess the land. Father, that nothing will be able to stop the church of God. And Father, we release an anointing today. God, that will set every person free. That this will be the last day they will struggle financially. The last day they will struggle with their health. The last day they will struggle in their marriage or their business. But today, they will go higher and higher and higher in the things of God. Father, we release today your anointing that will break your people out today that they would begin to prosper and possess their wealthy place father we release your touch upon those that are watching today we speak healing we rebuke cancer we rebuke covid we take authority over every sickness and we command you to go in jesus name take your hands off of god's people rise and be healed today Rise and receive the blessing of God. And today, the Lord God of your fathers shall increase you a thousand times greater. And this shall be the greatest year that you've ever had. In the mighty name of Jesus, this is a year that you will break out and receive everything that God has promised you. Receive it right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a clap offering.